Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. We've been consistent since we've been here. But, you know, we, we listen on um, just about anyone, you know. Um, you know, um, that's, uh, that's something we'll always do. So, um, but I just, like I said, I can't ever imagine, you know, moving on from, from Debo. He's been such a great player for us. He means so much to this franchise. Got nothing but love for the guy. Silence was broken yesterday by the 49ers. Five days after Debo Samuel made it clear that he wanted to be traded by the team and has done nothing since then to push back against the concept that he wants out. John Lynch, GM of the team, speaking to reporters. When you listen to everything that he said, and we're going to play a little bit more, Chris, I feel like the doors cracked open a little bit. It was not the zero chance we'll trade him type message we got last week from the Cardinals on Kyler Murray. I feel like there's a path there if somebody really wants him. They may have to give up a lot to get him, but I feel like there's a path if somebody really wants him. And good morning. Welcome back. It's been five days. I, five I know. days. I know. I mean, were you just going to start days. the show off and go right to business? I mean, say hello well, to your friend. What are you, too good for listen, your friend? I mean, geez. I, I, well, first of all, first of all, I don't pick the sound that starts the show, so it kind of led us down that path. Right. And second... I'm not the one who chose to not be here yesterday. It was you. Well, sorry. You know, sometimes dad call, daddy duty calls, you know, husband duty calls. So I had to do that. I did do the podcast yesterday, but I ditched you for the morning. You know, it's a, it's a long week. We got the draft, and I'm coming in on Friday this week. How dare they? Uh, they're going to pay me a million dollars to come in and do the Friday yeah. show. So I said, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I didn't know that. There were any type of family issues involved, and I hope everything's well. I oh, just good. thought you weren't going to work five days in any <laughs> well, way. Well, it, it was convenient that it all worked out that way. I'm not going to lie about that. I kind of when, – when I realized that, you know, the wife wanted me to go to a little school function and something and meet the, you know, meet the uh, teacher – I was kind of like, ah, okay, I haven't been there, and the 
this is a long week, so I'll do that. Yeah, screw Mike one day on a Monday. Let's do it. I'll see him Friday. <laughs> I can imagine that your wife, Danielle, wanted you to go there so the teacher would fully understand what the teacher's dealing with in your son <laughs> through meeting you. Yeah. Like, this right. is why you have trouble with my <laughs> right. son, Philip. Now yeah. do you understand what I'm dealing with every day of my life? Yeah, no doubt about it. He, uh, the, if there was one um, one thing said about Big Phil, uh, little Phil, I should say, is you know, he, he could talk a lot. That's for sure. That's all we got. So he got that from his dad. That's for sure. All right. Well, I'm glad you're back. Thanks. And, yes, Chris is here. For the rest of the week, including yep. Friday, the day after round Woo-hoo. one. And maybe by Friday, we'll draft, know whether draft, or not draft, Debo draft, Samuel draft, draft, has draft, been draft, traded. Draft, draft, it's an draft, honor and a draft, privilege draft, draft. to discuss the draft. <laughs> uh, we're going to so, get you talking draft all week there, buddy. <laughs> let's get back to all Debo. Right. Yeah. And and let's hear a little bit more from John Lynch from yesterday. I, also, also, your buddy Kyle wasn't there he was there last year for the pre-draft press conference when they had the third overall pick and basically the draft began with them because we knew the Jaguars were taking Trevor Lawrence first and we knew that Zach Wilson was going to the Jets second so the 49ers held the keys to the draft and they had a big decision to make yesterday Lynch says I'm like well you know he's figuring out what we're going to do with the 63rd pick or something I'm like okay fine I mean you don't have to worry about that until Friday night like Where's where's Kyle? We want to hear from Kyle because we know he's got the keys to the car in San Francisco. And if anybody's going to fix this thing with Debo Samuel, it's Kyle. But he wasn't there. Lynch was. Here's Lynch a little more talking about the possibility of giving Debo what he wants. I can't ever imagine, you know, wanting to, to move on from Debo. You put yourself through the exercises of, you know, you, even though we don't have a first-round pick, you have to be thorough in this process and prepare for everything. And so you, you go through and do that. He's just too good of a player. I mean, you think of 2019, the 36th pick, to, to come up with someone like Debo who, you know, to me, um, has just been a game-changing player for our franchise. Um, you know, I've, I've told Debo this. I, I think he's the perfect illustration. Herm Edwards used to talk about when will meets skill, uh, you've got the opportunity to be special. And I think Debo probably embodies that as much as anyone. He's uh, He's got tremendous will. He's a very talented player. Um, I think by virtue of the way he plays, it's inspiring. And so to me, that, that um, you know, entails leadership. You know, do you make people around you better? He checks that box. Um, He's a great teammate, and, uh, you know, I think of things like prior to games, I get out there, and he's always throwing the ball with the, the fans. I think he's been a great member of our community, so we've got nothing but love for him and nothing but appreciation for what he's bought, but you just don't let guys like that walk. So, um, you know, we uh, I can't envision a, a scenario where we would. Yeah, he's got all these great traits, but he doesn't want to be there anymore. That's the but, and it's a huge but. Oh, he's a great teammate, but he doesn't want to be on the team. He's great with the fans. He doesn't want to be interacting with those fans. He wants to go somewhere else. And I look again, to me, it doesn't scream out no way in hell, but it sure sounds like it's going to take a lot. And the 49ers are at least sending a different message than we've gotten from some of these other teams that are willing to throw their hands in the air and trade a guy that doesn't want to be there. This new trend in the NFL. And even though other teams are doing it, there's an expectation that other teams will follow along. There's no requirement that the 49ers do it. They can say, no, we're not. Sorry. We we understand his concerns. 
We acknowledge his request. We will not be fulfilling it. I, See I, you in July. Yeah, I exactly. I, I mean, uh, I, I think that they're they're more apt to do that than the other teams. That's for sure. And I don't think they're just going to trade him away very easily. I, and then they're going to go down swinging in this fight. Uh, that's the way I kind of look at it. You know, there's too many reasons why you would want to keep Debo Samuel for the things we've stated last week. It is. It's only going year four. You know, they drafted this guy in the second round. He. They're just you know reaping the the rewards of Debo Samuel and, and everything that he can give to a football team. They're just at the tip of the iceberg of what he does for that. So they haven't even got their money's worth probably in a, in a lot of ways how they look at it. Then we talk about Trey Lance last week, right? I mean, again, Trey Lance, nobody's going to take more pressure off Trey Lance than this guy. I mean, just do this. Hey, Trey, hand it to this guy, and he'll run around the edge for 40 yards, and everybody will go, look, we win games, and Trey, you're a winner. I mean, so they there's that. He's As you heard with Lynch, He's a leader. He's their best player on their football team. He kind of seems like the emotional lightning rod. So I think for all those reasons, that's where it's a little different than the Tyreek and Devontae Adams, especially with the fact that he's just about to hit the prime of his career. And I think that the 49ers are going to do all that they can do here to salvage this relationship and see if they can make it work all possible ways before they start to entertain trade conversations and things that we're talking about here, Mike. At least that would be my two cents just from what we hear and what we see on the outside looking in. The problem is you've got the draft coming up in a couple of days. If you're going to trade him, this is the best opportunity to get current assets to replace him, to get fresh lottery tickets that you can utilize. Sure. And maybe they're not ready to utilize those lottery tickets to fill that receiver need. I think back to 2017, they didn't do a workup on the quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson because they thought the following year they were getting Kirk Cousins. They focused on other things. If they didn't have Debo Samuel wanting to be traded on their bingo card before last Wednesday, they got caught flat-footed with this. As the draft is eight days away, they have to process, number one, he wants out. Number two, what are we going to do to replace him? Sure. How are we going to figure this out? We just need to get him to play for one more year, and then we'll do it next year. Maybe that's the objective, and that's the agenda. It still befuddles me that they either didn't see this coming or that they actively did or said or maybe passively failed to say or do something necessary to get him to want to be there. Because even if it is, I don't want to be in California. If your relationship with your employer is strong enough, you deal with being in California. Yeah, you know, I'd rather be close to home, but I love the 49ers. I love this organization. I love the teammates. I love the community. Yeah. I love the fans. Right. I, even though I'd rather be in South Carolina, I'll do this. Kind of like Aaron Donald in L.A. Yeah, I'd rather be in Pittsburgh, but I'll... I'll deal with a place that's 3,000 miles away from home because they they take good care of me, and I like yeah, it here. So no, it's rare. It's, there's got to be something that they could have done to prevent this, and now it makes me think there's got to be something they could do to fix it. But the same people who caused it, directly or indirectly, are the ones now entrusted to fixing it. So they didn't know how to prevent it. How are they going to know how to fix it? That's what I keep coming back to. Do they really know what move to make? What speech to deliver? What message to communicate to get him to say, okay, instead of this, when the sign comes through the club, Debo is staying, and he, and he does that, how do you get him to just nod and say, yes, I am staying? 
I don't know. And I don't get the impression that they're moving heaven and earth to make it happen. Well, that's where, like, you know, again, that's where I bet you, Kyle, that's why Kyle Shanahan probably not at the press conference yesterday. It's, 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 as the word I used last week, a delicate situation to where, yes, you don't want to say anything or do anything, and you're not sure exactly what the hell's going on. I don't know. I could certainly see that being a possibility. You know, so that so I, I, I that certainly crossed my mind when I saw your article on Pro Football Talk last night. You know, and two, you know, what, what I also want to say was I, I don't think Shanahan's really gone to that press conference on a yearly basis, anyways. Not that I can remember because I did look it up last night after you said it. And he last, was there last year. Last year was the he only was year I could year. find that he was there. And of course, they made a lot of trades, and that was a big year to be there. But yeah, Mike, I, I don't know anybody you talk to in the league. I can't get anybody in the 49ers organization to give me two cents or give me even an inkling of what the hell's going on. Nobody seems to know exactly what it is. And here's the only thing that I've act, act like a little, just another, you know, notch or just something that I heard from somebody that's got a little knowledge with people in the situation on the Debo side. And again, I don't know this is tr- 100% true, but negotiations with Nick Bosa, I think that was part of this conversation too. And you know, that was what someone threw across my plate yesterday. Again, just food for thought here. You know, I, I brought up the thing about not living in California. The other thing that was brought to my attention yesterday was that maybe the Nick Bosa contract was being done or worked on at first, and Debo thought his needed to be done or addressed first, uh, and there could be an issue there. But again, I don't know that, and that's not from anybody in the 49ers organization, but it is somebody that knows some people in football, and that's why I'm bringing it out here on the show. The reality is any relationship like this is a chess match, and it could be three-dimensional chess. And you have to be careful about every move you make or every move you think about making because you never know what's going to cause a guy to get pissed off. right. And it surprises me because when we sat down with Debo at the desk at the convention center the week of the Super Bowl, he seemed like a very reasonable, a very kind, a very humble human being who would not be irrationally or unreasonably pissed off. Sorry, Manchester, and hello to our friends in the UK and Ireland, if indeed the show is airing on Sky Sports tonight. I'm sure now that I've said that, my mailbox will be flooded with yes, it is or no, it isn't. But what was I even talking about? Well, oh, it, I, something happened. Yes. Something, I want to yeah. know what gets him to say to a reporter, I want out. That is not some insignificant thing. Something happened. Somebody pissed this guy off. And did they do it on purpose? Did they do it accidentally? Did they do it with a calculated risk. Hey, you know what? Debo is going to possibly be pissed off. Are we going to do this anyway? Yeah, let's go ahead and do it and see what happens. Like, was it deliberate or was it accidental? Sometimes I'll accidentally piss someone off, and I don't like that. I prefer to do it on purpose. Like, I don't want to waste a good pissing someone off by happenstance. I want to know that I'm doing it. I want to do it on purpose. I want to be in, I, I want to be in proper control of my faculties when I am or am not angering someone when i piss someone off accidentally it's like i didn't mean to do that uh i kind of wish i did but i didn't mean to 
Like what happened? Like that? There's a hell of a story to be told. I would think so. As to how it got to this point. I know. I mean, I, I'm I'm dying to know. That's. I mean, again, it's the biggest story in the sport, and very few people know or have any clue outside the 49ers organization. I would doubt they did anything deliberately to piss off Debo Samuel. I mean, Mike, I'm with you. I feel like my read was exactly like yours at the Super Bowl. A guy that was just a good guy, loved football, and loved playing for Kyle Shanahan. I mean, right? I mean, we were sitting there in full transparency. I mean, he he was trying to call Kyle to be like, why are you friends with this guy? So, I mean, he, there was obviously the relationship was at a good point at that point. What happened? I don't know. I'm dying to know, too. Now, I mean, I, I've also thought, like, maybe it could be a lot of things that happen. Hey, you're young, you're emotional, you want to get paid, you know you're playing a physical position and, and you're important to your football team, so you want it now. You know, no, wait, now, you know, maybe you don't love living in California, so that's playing into it a little bit. Now you get on social media and there's the racist stuff and 49ers fans getting the backlash and maybe you're just a little bit like, whoa, that, and then who knows? Maybe he calls the 49ers and they go, hey, yeah, we'll get to you. But uh, we're just in the middle of doing Nick Bosa's thing. And then it's like, oh, whoa, there's four or five things that hit me left, right, left, right over a few-day period where you just go, man, screw this. Screw them. What the hell? I want my money. I thought this is where we were going. I, I mean, again, Mike, I'm just throwing crap out there right now. Hey, But I've been in their shoes before and been in that emotional state at that age to where, you know, who knows? It could be all those things. You may be onto something. It may be a stew of factors that just caused him to finally last week snap. And the question is, will he walk back on his own? What do they do to get him to walk back? Can he be persuaded to walk back? For some people, once that that last straw breaks the camel's back, there's no surgery in the world that's going to fix it. It's done. For other people, some time passes and everything gets smoothed or, as the case may be, soothed over. I missed you. <laughs> so I, I just I just don't know. And the 49ers are trying to figure this all out with the draft looming, with surely teams calling, not as many as maybe we thought. There were reports over the weekend, Jets, Lions, Packers were expressing initial interest, but everyone's on notice. Anybody that's got a trade package to put on the table for the 49ers has reason to do it. We all know that he wants out. He said so publicly. So make them an offer. See what happens. And that's part of this, too. You've got a guy who's had one all-pro season in three. He missed nine games in 2020. He didn't come on until late in his rookie year. What are you absorbing into your organization, and how quickly can you get a return on that? Is it going to take more than a year to get your return? Or is it going to be like Terrell Owens in Philadelphia in 2004, Randy Moss in Minnesota in 2007, Stephon Diggs with the Bills in 2020, right out of the gates, hit the ground sprinting, fit right in, and go right off? I I, I don't think there's enough body of work yet to fully appreciate that you are getting a guy that you just plug and play and he becomes superstar with you. I think that's one of the reasons why we're not hearing that everybody is trying to get Debo Samuel. Well, I, I, I think, you know, you made a good point last week is just as far as it is late in the game too, a little, you know, money, assets, things like that. You know, people are a little, they're, they're a little farther down the road than usual. When you, when you find out a guy like this is available, so I do think that plays a part in it. 
You know, also, I think the 49ers, for all the reasons we just stated there, you know, they want to keep them. They do. I mean, from all due accounts, it seems that way. It makes sense. And and then, you know, the value of the player, too. I mean, you, Mike, you make a point there. Yeah, it's not as, you know, a, a tried and true thing like Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill yet where you know, like, man, they can do it every year. They've been doing it. I get that. But at the same time, you could be looking at it and going, yeah, but we're just about to take off. And so, you know, I could see the 49ers going, wait, you gave that for Adams and Tyreek Hill, but our guy's just about to hit the prime. Those guys are like plateauing and on the way down. So we want more for that. And I think that, that can make that an issue too. And, and your question's about, yeah, can you hit the ground running? To me, that's where Debo is valuable. You don't need to do a whole lot to get him hitting the ground running. Here's the ball, Debo. Take it and run. Here's a screen, Debo. Take it and run. Here's a toss. Take it and run. Look how we indoctrinated you into the offense. See, he's easy. That, that, that's where I think his value is. You know, Devontae Adams in that group, you got to think about, wait, we want to run this route and do that and this. Tyreek, we want to do this so we can get him down the field on the safety and all that. Debo's a little different. He played with a quarterback that can't throw the ball much more than five yards down the field. I mean that sarcastically. And still got 18 yards per catch. So that's where I would go, I think you can hit the ground running in a hurry with them, Mike, if, if that made sense at all. The budget side of it is real. I'm glad yeah. you reminded me right? of that. Because, look, if you're a team that wants to explore this, think about everything you've got to do on top of everything you were already planning to do. You've got your days mapped out from Wednesday, eight days before the draft, until the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday when all of the frenetic undrafted free agent stuff really comes to a head and classes are announced. It's a lot to do. You got a lot to do. So you've already got it all mapped out. Now you've got this wrinkle, this big wrinkle that just gets thrown at you. Okay, wait a minute. Debo Samuel wants to be traded by the 49ers. Well, God, I wish I would have known that when I was figuring out my schedule for yeah. the next eight days. Right, right. Now what do I got to do? Well, we've already spent 95% of our budget for this year, other than the money we're holding back to sign our draft picks. So do I really want to call the boss on his yacht? And, you know, what do I say? How do I couch this? He's going to want to know why I want more money in the budget. I better be ready to make a good case for this and how we would use him. And, you know, and this, this owner, he seems to be pretty astute on, you know, statistics and performance, and he pays attention. It's not going to be easy. i got to make a pretty good case here. I don't have time to put together all the, the facts and, ah, the hell with it. I just don't have time to mess with it. There's too many things that would have to happen. I mean, that, that may be part of it as well. You may have teams that are just saying, we, we don't even want to put the time and the effort into this because we can't. We got bigger fish to fry right now. We got more certain projects that we have to deal with. Not something that is just a, a poof. Like, is it even going to potentially come? Am I wasting my time? Time that would be well spent on other things. Right. Trying to put together a trade package for a guy that I can't tell my owner confidently is going to make a huge difference for us in 2022. I think that I think you're kind of hitting on why maybe the market's not as aggressive and robust as we would think because of the reasons, you know, you clearly just stated. And then, you know, that I I would think the 49ers are not giving teams much of a conversation as of yet because they're trying to go down, like I said, swing into salvage this relationship. 
So I would bet those two things alone have, you know, quieted that conversation for now. You're right. And then, you know, again, also, yeah, you're a team like the Lions or the Jets. You kind of got a plan. Wait, we got multiple draft picks here in the first few rounds. And, hey, and they don't know exactly what they want to do. And, man, it might be last second. And now we got to adjust our plan off of that. And it's, it, it is a lot. It is. It's, it's, it's months of work here to position yourself the right way to have a plan for the draft. And all of a sudden you're going to go, wait, we're going to trade away a bunch of those guys that we just planned for here in the draft. And now we're going to get this guy. And now i got to reorganize what I'm going to do in the later rounds and figure out how we're going to fill some holes that way. So that, that to me has to be an issue and maybe why there's not as many teams clamoring after a Debo Samuel as we all might think there should be, which there should be. It's just, it's late. It's unusual. For the 49ers, it may just be a run-out-the-clock situation. Get through the draft and hope things die down and right. see if he shows up in yeah. mandatory minicamp and keep working and working, much like the Packers did last year, trying to work on mm, Aaron Rodgers as gently as they could to get him to eventually choose to show up. Because let's face it, at the end of the day, what is Debo Samuel? If the 49ers say we're not trading you, what's he going to do? Yeah, he's is in he a tough spot there. play at all this right. year? Right. Is he just not going to show up, take a year off? when he could be playing football somewhere, somehow, and if not earning the kind of money he wants this year, laying the foundation to get that money next year, puts him in a tough spot. And the, the, the challenge for the 49ers is to try to hold firm at a time when we have seen just this year, whether it's the Seahawks and Russell Wilson, the Texans and Deshaun Watson, the Packers and Devontae Adams, the Chiefs and Tyreek Hill, teams willing to give guys what they want, that creates an anticipation and an expectation by other players to get the same thing. Yeah. Not realizing, you know, not every team says we want volunteers, not hostages. Not every team is going to accommodate you if you want out. Some teams are going to say, eh, let's, let's let this percolate. Yeah. Let's let this marinate. Let's have some time here, and let's figure it out. And just through inaction, maybe Debo changes his mind. You can't fully know whether or not that strategy works, Chris, unless you know what it is that's gotten him upset. I hope at least at this point Kyle Shannon and John Lynch know what it is. If you don't know what it is by now, you may never know. But if you know what it is, you can come up with a plan for hopefully getting that genie back in the bottle, toothpaste back in the tube, whatever you have to do to set the clock back to last week when he hadn't asked for a trade. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, again, that's where I'm, I'm like you. I'm curious as hell. I mean, again, I got everybody in media and football calling me because they think I know because I'm, you know, I'm, I went to school with Kyle Shanahan's and we're friends. I, I don't know. And he's certainly not going to tell me this when everybody's looking at me to go, well, let's see if this idiot here says something and, and gives, them, gives us all a clue on what I don't know. This is, so that, that's, it's, it's crazy. It's a crazy story that really nobody knows with this high profile of a player. That's where I'm like really intrigued by it. I have an idea. Yeah. Because if you remember correctly, the reason that Debo Samuel was calling Kyle Shanahan from our set at the Super Bowl was because he wanted to verify that, indeed, he has on his leg yeah. your initials Thank you. tattooed, just right. like you have. But I have an idea. Yeah, I, Kyle, Kyle, 
Here, here's a headline that wouldn't be annoying. Offer this to Debo Samuel. Offer to turn the C in the CS that is tattooed onto your leg into a D. Yeah. It's an easy I'll have fit. DS. Right. I'll have Debo Samuel tattooed on my leg. That <laughs> proves to you my commitment. Debo replaces Chris Sims as the tattoo initials on Kyle Shanahan's I'm all for leg. it. I like it. Sold. I'm all for Done. it. If that's what we got to right. do to get him back on the 49ers playing some football, then fine. I'll, I'll take one for the team and be X'd out of the group, the college friend group. No problem. For Debo, I'll do that. Uh, but how, yeah. many, how many are on the list? There's, there's, is it like all the way down your leg, like no, the Cleveland no. Browns just, jersey just, with the names? It's just four. Uh, the it's just four. It's just four. Four initials. That's all it is. It just. It took a life of its own. It just. It was one of those things where the upperclassmen started calling us the Wood. There was a movie out about four black guys who were best friends called The Wood. We were freshmen. We hung out together. We were kind of on campus early. So we always hung out together, and the upperclassmen started calling us, hey, you guys are like the wood. Do you guys ever leave each other? And it just kind of went from there. So people started calling us that, and I was the first idiot that got the tattoo, and Kyle's probably still mad at me for it. Surely under the influence of no substances whatsoever when you went to the tattoo parlor. <laughs> I actually was. For, I was good that night. I was. I, I, didn't, I was not under any, uh, any, any, anything. I did not drink or anything. I can, I can honestly say that. I went on a clear mind. Now, you're dumb when you're 20. I'll say that because I couldn't have been that clear because I look at the thing now and go, that was dumb. Why did I do that? <laughs> so the 49ers found out recently that Debo Samuel's trade request is something they have to deal with. Something they've known about for a while now is the future of Jimmy Garoppolo and how they will handle their quarterback who is due to make more than $25 million this year. That obviously was a topic yesterday when John Lynch met with the media. Here's what he had to say about the future of their former franchise quarterback. You know, guys like that don't fall out of trees. He's a good player at a, at a position where um, – you know, that they're hard to find. And so, um, you know, you, you certainly don't just give guys like that away. And, and we, can, we can, I guess, foot the bill if you, if you want to describe it as that. And so, um, you know, we'll be patient with that one. You know, the saying is guys like that don't grow on trees. If any quarterback was going to find a way to fall out of a tree, it would be the injury-prone Jimmy Garoppolo. So I don't like that metaphor very much, but I think I get the point. The problem is they already got a guy that they want to develop. And unless Kyle has come up with a two-quarterback offense where you put them both on the field at the same time and make it work that way, this is a, a player that you don't need. But they continue to squat on him because they think that they're going to luck into a trade. Maybe after the draft, a team that's targeting a quarterback doesn't get the guy they want. Let's go trade for Jimmy G. Or during camp, freak injury, Teddy Bridgewater, six years later, something like that happens to a starting quarterback. Let's go get Jimmy G. That's what they're waiting for. Yeah. I just don't get the impression Jimmy G's all that thrilled about sitting around and waiting because there's a chance that when... Labor Day weekend rolls around and the roster's cut to 53. He's gone. He's man without a country, man without a salary, man without anything. And every other team has its depth chart yeah. set. And the budget is definitely blown by then, Chris. Who's going to give him $25 million? Who's going to sign him to a contract that he thinks he deserves if the 49ers squat on him all the way until the end of the preseason. Yeah, no, I, I'm agreed. I mean, let alone that contract. I mean, it, it, you know, I know there's ways to – 
finagle and wiggle around stuff, but you know, Bosa and Debo Samuel, I would think you know, money off the books there would help that at least make it easier. Uh, if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, I mean, of course you, you don't want to be sit there and ha- held hostage. Absolutely not. And to where the 49ers got to be a little careful too is, I don't know, they got to make sure they don't do them dirty, in my opinion. That's where it's a little different as well. They keep speaking highly of them. The locker room keeps speaking highly of them. So, therefore, I again, if I just feel like if you kind of do them dirty and hold them hostage, and then it's just like, oh, well, we just we didn't find a place for you. We're cutting you, you know, on August thirty first or whatever. Uh, like that's not gonna like the locker room's not gonna love that. It's not gonna go. They're gonna they're gonna look at it and go, man, that's that's effed up that they did that. They did hit him like that. The guy who brought us to the Super Bowl in another NFC Championship game. You know, that's where it's to me. Yes, keeping him around. It seems like it's more headaches than it's worth at this point. And, I, you know, I'm with you in the fact that I don't think they're going to get anything special for Jimmy Garoppolo unless something crazy happens. Uh, that's That would be to me. And, again, I'd be one of those guys, if I'm a team out there, I, I'm, I'm not trading away a first-round pick from Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not trading away a second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not happening. It's not. You, do, you have Trey Lance. You want him to be the starter. You just told us you think you're ready to be the starter. We heard Shanahan say that at the, uh, at the owner's meeting, and you're hearing Lynch say it yesterday. Why would you trade that away? And then, to me, you question Jimmy G in general anyways. How good is Jimmy G? I, don't, I know he's good. I know you could get to the Super Bowl there. But, like, your team's got to be really damn good, too. The 49ers team and roster is certainly one of the best in football. And they were the best team the year they lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs just had the best player in the league on the team that overcame it that day. I mean, that, that at least would be my two cents. And then I ask myself all the time, I go, yeah, how good is Jimmy G? He was with, wait, the Patriots and Josh McDaniels. And then he was with Shanahan, who's wanted to sell him away every day since after year one. And they still make it work. So that's where I think the league questions it, and I just don't see the worth in Jimmy Garoppolo maybe that the 49ers seem to be so stubbornly holding on to here. And had to talk him into trading for him in the first place when he was just months away from getting Kirk Cousins in free agency. Remember, there were the quotes yeah. from John Lynch along the lines of how disappointed Kyle was and and it didn't really want to do this, and they did it. And there's just always been this sense of hesitation to fully and completely embrace Jimmy Garoppolo. And last week on Thursday, we haven't had a chance to talk about this. Garoppolo was on with yeah. Adam Shine. He did a few other media appearances. Right. For some reason, our invitation got got lost in the cyberspace. But I digress. Uh, he said that the 2021 experience with Trey Lance there was strange. And it's something he wouldn't wish on anyone. Yeah, of course. That that makes it hard for the 49ers to sell this idea. I will just keep him and pay him $25 million. Yeah, they'll be happy. Jimmy's good dude. He'll be good in the background sitting there just getting screwed over. No problem. I know. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I, I feel like Jimmy is, you know, at some point he, he's going to make life hard on them. I do think part of the surgery and all that was to make hard make it hard on them. You know, so there, there's there's something at play here, and I think if he's smart and a good businessman, like we talk about as far as football is concerned, yeah, at some point he's got to apply the pressure and probably say and do a few things that he normally wouldn't do just to force his way out of town. 
There is one other wrinkle I hadn't mentioned before that I noticed last night when I looked at his contract breakdown, and I don't think it's a major impediment, but it is a factor at least for now. He had that surgery. Now, he did it without informing the team. Just he shows up one day, hey, I had surgery on my throwing shoulder after last season. He's got, and he earned this by hitting incentives during the Super Bowl year of 2019. He's got $7.5 million of his salary this year guaranteed for injury. So they technically can't cut him until he passes a physical. If right. they do, he's got $7.5 million that would that would be earned but it would be offset by ever whatever he would earn elsewhere right so i mean it's not a huge wrinkle but if they do cut him now he's still on the books for seven and a half million until he earns it somewhere else but i would assume if he's cut right now he would end up earning at least seven and a half million somewhere else the sooner the 49ers cut him the sooner he can earn the money elsewhere to offset the seven and a half million if they wait until he passes a physical and cut him, they don't owe him anything. So it, it's just another wrinkle that raises the stakes for the 49ers. Yeah, and I think right. from Jimmy G's perspective, I think he's hoping they say, wait a minute. In the yeah, Let's just go ahead and do this now so someone else will sign him and pay him the money. And they can be the ones to deal with the to injury. assume that he's going to be healthy right. because once they commit to pay him for this year, we're, we're, we're off the hook. I think maybe that's what Jimmy G was trying to finagle here, but they haven't bitten yet. They, they still think that they're going to wait. They're going to be patient and that they're going to get lucky and, and the clouds are going to part some way, somehow, and they're going to get value in trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're eventually going to cut him. I made a bet with someone over the weekend. Yeah. Someone on Twitter that I don't know. Right. Guy offered to buy 10 copies of Playmakers if Jimmy Garoppolo is cut. If he's traded, I have to send the guy a free signed copy of the book. So I think it's a good bet. I'll take the 10 copies. Too. Yeah. I think the guy's going to Welsh. I don't know who he is. But I, I made the bet. I'm willing to make the bet because I think he is going to be cut. I don't think he's going to be traded. I, I I think if you made me bet, I would probably go down that line as well, that I would go, yeah, I, I think with all things, you know, take into an account. Yeah, it's going to take something dramatic or crazy to happen for me to think he's going to get traded. Like you said, the Teddy Bridgewater-type training camp injury, something of that nature. But even then, I think, like, man, the 49ers got to think twice about even getting that far into training camp with having Jimmy Garoppolo there at training camp with Trey Lance. Hey, Trey, it's your time to take over the team. Hey, you know, Jimmy's here. He was the starter, blah, blah, blah. Hey, how's it taking over the team and taking over the guy's job that's right here? And it's just going to be constant. Like, why would you want to deal that? Why would you want to put your star rookie quarterback even in that scenario to start training camp to have to answer those questions and deal with that? And then, oh, man, third day of practice, Trey Lance, the new starter for the 49ers. Man, was he outperformed by Jimmy Garoppolo in practice today. Day, that that's you're just you're asking for a recipe for disaster if it gets to that point in my opinion there and, and and here's here's the best example I can think of as to what's really going on the 49ers went out and bought a really expensive house and they spent a lot of money and they were happy with it but then they realized the roof leaks all the time the furnace breaks it's always something there's always something about this house and they eventually got sick of it and they went and bought another house but they still have the first house and they're trying to tell everybody how great the first house is so they'll come and buy it. 
knowing full well that the roof leaks all the time, the furnace busts, the, the sidewalks cracked. It's always something. But they think that people should be lining up to buy the house that they had to move out of for the more expensive house that doesn't have those problems. Or they don't know yet. They haven't moved into the house. They're caught between the two houses. We can't move into the new house until we – we can't fully move into the new house until we sell this house. Will somebody please buy this house that we don't want to live in anymore so we can go move to the other house? That's basically where they are. And they're surprised that nobody is lining up to give them what they want for the house that they couldn't wait to move out of. That's exactly what they're dealing Pretty with, much, and they yeah. act surprised. They right. act surprised that people don't want to give them what they want for the house that they can't wait to move out of. Yeah, right. That, yeah, that you know that we all have reason to believe that they, yeah, they that they think the the house is leaky, like you're talking about. There's issues. You know, they've given everybody warnings and things to look at it and go, man, I think there's something wrong with this house. We need to check into it a little bit. Be careful here. But it'd be fine for you. Uh, yeah, right, right. Exactly right. Yeah, so. Uh, we can't live here no more, but, but it'd be fine with for you. you. And I don't, I don't know where it is or why it's like this or whatever, but, yes, they are being stubborn as hell here. I understand where they are, you know, as far as not wanting to give them away for free. Um, it's just, yeah, I think there is a point or at least a, a, a date where you got to be careful if he's still on your roster and do you really want to deal with that? The other side of the coin is they got this other house that they haven't really spent the night in. They don't know what it's going to be. It could be haunted. It could fall apart. Who knows? That's what they have to find out on that point. Here's John Lynch from yesterday talking about the quarterback that the 49ers drafted last year. They still don't know what he's going to be in Trey Lance. All these reports, I don't know where they all come from, but, um, you know, we always believe in competition. You know, I think, though, um, at the same time, we, we, we are great believers in what Trey Lance brings to the table. We believe he's ready. Uh, he's going to have to show that. I think he's ready to show that to us, show that to his teammates, and show that to uh, the world. So uh, we're excited for that opportunity that he has. The context for that question, I didn't set it up the right way. I was so caught up in my two houses, stupid-ass example. The context for that was, what about the reports that Trey Lance has been promised the starting job for 2022? And I think to the extent that there are any reports along those lines, they naturally flow from the things Kyle Shanahan said at the league meetings when he said, yeah, the whole idea was Jimmy moves on and Trey becomes the starter. So... I don't think anybody promised him anything. I think the circumstances convey yeah. a message to everyone. You didn't go out and give up three first-round picks and a third-round pick for a guy that you're going to sit on the bench indefinitely. Jed York's clumsy attempt to compare this to Joe Montana and Steve Young notwithstanding. Nobody's buying that. In today's NFL, you don't make that kind of a move with the plan going in that you're going to sit the guy for two years, when one of the reasons you're doing is you want to move on from the guy that you've got under contract for the next two years. You don't want him there anymore. You, you didn't draft Trey Lance to make him the starter once Jimmy Garoppolo's contract expires and he moves on via free agency. Right. You got Trey Lance to make him the starter, ideally by 21, at the latest by 22. Otherwise, you don't give up all that stuff to get him. That's where that came from. And and when he talks about competition, when Lynch talks about competition, that's more of this effort to try to get people to believe they're going to pay Jimmy Garoppolo $25 million. I just – I can't believe they'd be that stubborn. Now, stubborn is as stubborn does, but I can't believe they would be that stubborn that they want to pull off this, this 
ruse all the way to the point where they would pay the guy $25 million to not be the starting quarterback. Yeah, well, we're, we'll see. We'll see how willing or how far they're willing to go. Um, I, I mean, I think when it comes down to it, they won't, like you're talking about. They're just going to try to drive a hard bargain and do whatever they can to make it happen now. But you, you said it right. I mean, all those assets, everything like that, uh, you, you, know, tra- you know, the combine, co- I mean, the owner meetings, Comments by by Shanann. I mean, John Lynch yesterday, we believe he's ready to show us, show the world. I mean, okay, so he's ready. Yes. And then you talk about it, too. Like, you heard what George Kittle said. And the guy's got talent. He's got to play. He's got to play. He needs to get out there and get reps. It's the only way you're going to get better. they got to play him this year. Like, one of the biggest issues that anybody would talk about or anybody who's looked at this guy and watched him play go. He's got to get on the field and do something. He didn't do that much in college. I mean, they'd go games where he'd throw the ball like single digits. So he didn't run the two-minute drill in college ever. And I know you can go, well, they were always winning. Yeah, North Dakota State is like the Alabama of that kind of football there. They dominate. They can almost steamroll every team they play. So there's a guy that does not have a lot of experience in football situations. He's being taught by an offensive genius in Shanahan, and he's got some talent. So they got to get him out there and get him playing uh, to what you're saying, Mike. Totally agree. There's something about the 49ers, and, you know, all the people out there, oh, you hate the 49ers. This is an honest and fair assessment. During football season, it feels like the 49ers have their act together, week in and week out. Like, they've got it figured out. And, and you know, last year they, they had some struggles. They got it together. They got within a game of the Super Bowl. The year before that, they were racked by injuries. Their work, they were through it. The year before that, they get to the Super Bowl, they almost win it. But, boy, it just seems like in the offseason they don't know what to do. They don't know how to handle things. They constantly have something going on, and there's constantly this impression that they've got some plan that doesn't work. Like, they need to have football season last 10 months out of the year to be their absolute best. They just don't do offseason very well. Well, they're aggressive. Oh, I think they have aggressive mindset and thoughts. Uh, and, yeah, they're, they've been stuck in some tough situations. You're right. I mean, whether it's last year's draft and just the handling of some of the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff. But, you know, overall, you know, yes, this, this has not been the best situation. It's still one of the top franchises and teams in the sport. It is. They've had some things to question here. There's no doubt about it. But you look at the coaches leaving there and going other places, front office people going places, all of that. You know, like you said, Super Bowl and NFC Championship game, two out of three years. You know, yeah, they got their issues. But I, I still look at them and go, damn, things are pretty good in San Francisco compared to the rest of the league. I just feel like when they're not caught up in the day in and day out grind of getting ready for games, they sit around and outsmart themselves. Yeah, I and hear they what you do mean. things. I know. I know. That- that they that they shouldn't do, and they lose sight of things that maybe they should have done, like taking care of their relationship with Debo Samuel, like scouting Patrick Mahomes in 2017 instead of just saying, ah, we're going to get Kirk Cousins next year in free agency. We don't need to worry about these quarterbacks. Maybe you should have. Saying no to Tom Brady two years ago when he wanted to come to San Francisco, something you had reported. That was his first choice. Not Miami, not Tampa, not anywhere but San Francisco. And they said, ah, we'll stick with Jimmy G. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's just it's – just, it's just an observation I'm right. making. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Your team is great during football season. When it's not football season, something goes haywire, and we're in the middle of haywire right now. The Steelers trying to navigate their way through 
post-Ben Roethlisberger life. What will they do with the 20th pick? And if they go quarterback, which quarterback will they take? We'll discuss that next on this Tuesday edition of PFT Live. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The anything we did in free agency is not going to preclude us from drafting a player at that position. Quarterback is the most critical position in our sport, um, and it's, we, we have to get that right. Uh, could we add somebody? Yes. Could we start the season without adding anybody? Yes. And um, we'll see where it all goes. I know that the process that we've gone through in terms of getting to know the quarterback pool is, has gained some attention, but it's, it's not an irregular process for us in terms of you know, locking in and, and getting a feel for a certain pool within the pool, if you will. I think that is the ultimate competitor's position. And so those that run to and not from competition, those that embrace uh, competition and the intensity of it um, and the anxiety maybe associated with it, um, I think they have a leg up. Obviously, there's some pedigree-related things per the position, arm strength, accuracy, and so forth, but that's evident it's either present or it's not. Um, the intangible quality associated with competition, I think, is something that's valuable. That is an extremely valuable insight from Mike Tomlin. To the extent that we're trying to figure out, number one, are they going to go quarterback with the 20th overall selection? Number two, which one? Mike Tomlin's assessment of whether or not this is a person who will run to competition, not away from it, he needs to add that to his list of sayings. I said this yesterday, Chris. If you're one of Mike Tomlin's kids – they probably look at each other like, roll their eyes. Here's another one of Dad's sayings. We yeah. want volunteers, not hostages. We run to competition, not away from it. We seek no, we seek no counsel, whatever. I mean, I it's, it's, it's one, but they're all. great. Right. But they're great. Right. It works. It works. But, but that tells me what they're looking for. They just don't want a guy who can make the throws. They want a guy who's going to, when the moment arrives, be ready to lead a team yeah. into the fray. That's what they want. And they're not going to tell us who they're thinking about. They're not going to tell us who they like. But he gave us a little insight into what they're looking for. No question. No doubt about it. You know, I don't know who that guy is. I don't. You know, again, I, I could see it being any of them. I really can. A lot of people got them you know, kind of earmarked for Malik Willis at 20. That's what I did in my mock draft. I do. You know, I could see Malik Willis you know, catching the eye of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin. You know, we've talked about a little bit in the past, like, the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of those teams that don't necessarily hide their intentions all the time when it comes to who they want to draft and what they want to do. And it just seems like they've been front and center with Malik Willis kind of from early on. And I could see them wanting to play this style of football. First off, Malik Willis is that kind of guy that is, you know, gritty, tough, competitive. The play's never over, coach. I'm going to make it happen still with my legs or make a big throw. 
You know, he's he's the guy that can make big throws down the field to Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. And then, you know, it's hey, oh, he'll scramble and we get a few quarterback design runs that'll keep the offense on the field and that'll be great for my defense and We'll play this style of muck it up football, muck it up, M-U-C-K, please, everybody out there. Thank I just you. want to make sure. Thank you. Um, and I can see them going that way. Uh-huh. And that's why I ended up going Malik Willis with them. You know, To me, the way he and Corral handle themselves on the field, I do look at them as alphas. You could tell they're relaxed. They smile. They talk to people. They're right. And, you know, but, but again, I don't know. With Pittsburgh specifically, I do think it's more Malik Willis than anybody. I know that Peter King has Kenny Pickett, the Pitt quarterback, as the selection by the Steelers at 20. I look at it this way. Yeah. If they really like one of these guys and decide that they must make the move, if they don't want to start down a path that lasted 20 years between Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger, and it was long 20 years, they still were competitive, they made it to a Super Bowl, but you can look it up, the list of starting quarterbacks between Bradshaw and Roethlisberger, not impressive. So if they're going to try to make a cleaner handoff of the baton from Roethlisberger to next first-round quarterback, and they really like one of these guys, Chris, I think they're going to move up. I don't think they're going to sit there. Why chance it? It's very simple analysis, which qualifies me to engage in it. If you really want one of these two guys, don't sit there and sweat it out on Thursday night through 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, because at some point someone's going to jump you. At some point somebody's going to guess right, and they're going to cut the line. If there's a guy you really like, do what they did in 2003, trade it up to get Troy Polamalu. 2006, Traded up to get Santonio Holmes. 2019, traded up to get Devin Bush. That's what yeah. I think they'll do. That's going to be the ultimate proof. If they really love one of these guys, they're going to move to get him. The idea of them sitting there at 20 and waiting for them to fall, chances are you're not going to get your choice. We don't know who they want between Pickett and Willis. They, they presumably have, at this point in the game, a preference. You're going to sit back and wait and hope that your preference is there. Yeah. I if they you. really want him, they're going to go get him. I hear you. It, it's risky. But this is a year where you could it could happen. There, there's not – we know the teams that need quarterbacks. There's not many of them. You know, and, and to me, like, uh, the, hey, Carolina, we know a quarter, you know, quarterback at six, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. And by all due accounts, by people I know in the league and all that, I think they, they don't want to do that. And how could you want to do that if you're Matt Rule? How could you want to do that? Right, so that that to me, I'm, I'm going to say no. Now, the other team I will look at for your conversation here is number eight, Atlanta. You know, Atlanta could be looking at it going, like saying exactly, like, hey, we need a quarterback. We're not going to wait. Let's just make it happen. Pick number eight. We like this guy. Let's go. You know, I could see them liking Malik Willis or Corral. Listen, Corral has no buzz. I don't think he would even be the guy there. You know, he's my favorite quarterback, there's no doubt, but he's going to be late in the first round, early in the second round. Atlanta is the team I look at that they might have to worry about in the first round to take Malik Willis, the Pittsburgh Steelers. If they don't take him, now maybe you can sit back and kind of see where it goes. There's not a lot of teams in front of you that you think you got to worry about the quarterback conversation. I know the Saints, yeah, they got those two picks. You go, ooh, well, maybe they want to do that. But by all due accounts and things, again, the people I know in the league and looking at the Saints, the, the Saints are good. And from everything I heard, they look at it and go, we, the NFC is not that great. We're still one of the better teams. We're not going to just do the quarterback thing. I think they made this trade to get pick 16 and 19 to go, 
we're good. We're getting two guys that can help us this year, and we're going to still beat Tampa Bay and the Bucks and Brady with Jameis Winston. I think that's the way the Saints are looking at it. So that's where it's interesting, Mike, is, yeah, you're right. They might have to trade up. Maybe you don't have to trade up that much. But I do think it's a year where if Atlanta doesn't take him at eight, a Malik Willis, that you might be able to sit back and go, whoa, he could fall in our lap just like Mac Jones and New England Patriots last year. I think the other reality, too, is they could get jumped by someone. They could. They it's could. not just who's in front of right. you. It's who's behind you yeah. and who's maybe plotting a move to get in line before you can pick the guy. Sure. What if the Lions are thinking at yeah. 32, right. we want somebody, and maybe we have to nudge up to 19 in order to get Kenny Pickett or yeah. Malik Willis if right. we're going to make that move now one more year with Jared Goff bye-bye Jared we're going to move on to one of these other guys so that's part of the concern sure part of the psychology they have to work through while they do is you're seeing the points bet odds there for the teams most likely to take Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett the Panthers still continue to be the favorites to take Pickett with the sixth overall pick we'll I don't believe them I say up. no way I just say no way I just unless Tepper does it and just goes off the rails I just can't, I can't understand why you'd want to do it for the reasons we've already stated. You're you're asking for an issue with Kenny Pickett down there with Sam Darnold. The, the, everybody in the team's gonna go. Wait, we we drafted this guy. Darnold's arm's stronger. Darnold's release is quicker. Darnold's throwing the ball more accurately and played football. He looks better in practice. Why did we draft this guy first? That to me is scary. Let alone it's a huge year for that coaching staff. I mean, the ass is hot of Matt Rule. They got to win, and I can't imagine you'd want to go down with, well, let me break in a rookie quarterback on the most important year of my coaching career. That's where I just have a hard time believing the Panthers at six. And you mentioned David Tepper. There's no secret that the Panthers owner is highly motivated to find a franchise quarterback. That has become very clear the past few years. But that raises another wrinkle as it relates to the team that holds the eighth overall pick. Arthur Blank is going to have an opinion. Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, was overly candid with Albert Breer of SI.com about the fact that Khan has an opinion. You know, I don't really have a whole lot of faith in the opinion of the owner of the team unless he's grinding the tape and scouting the players and really understands it. I think whatever opinion you have, you keep to yourself at that point and you trust the people who you've hired who are busting their butts to know what's going on. Yeah. But I could see blank just, just – a little bit of a finger on the scale thinking we need a quarterback because I remember being told back in the 2008, nine time frame when they drafted Matt Ryan third overall, there was some billionaire prerogative that got yeah. exercised there. We we're moving on from Mike Vick. We need a new face of the franchise Yeah, new regime. I know you're thinking about Glenn Dorsey with number three overall, but kind of want the quarterback. And when the owner speaks, you better listen. If you want to be gainfully employed by that guy for an extended period of time, makes sense to be sensitive to what he wants. And if Arthur Blank's thinking, this Mariota guy misses a lot of games. Now Arthur Smith has him in. Didn't Arthur Arthur Smith and the Titans bench him for Ryan Tannehill? I don't know that this is the guy that can be our quarterback this year. Yeah. Man, for some of these games, there aren't many people in the stands. I don't know about this. And I hear you, Mike. You know, again, from the coach's perspective and the GM's perspective, it's hard to take the approach, 
well, you know, if we screw up a quarterback now, we'll be back in a couple of years to do it again because it's not going to be you. The owner is the one who can, he can do, do that. that no doubt, he no can doubt. pull that off. Yeah, hey, right. you know what the hell? Let's go ahead and push these people to get a quarterback now. If it doesn't work out, I'll blame it on them. I'll fire them, and then I'll push the next GM and the next coach to draft a quarterback. But that's the wild card at number eight. I agree. It's Arthur Blank. Is he going to want, after all those years with Matt Ryan, is he going to want to avoid a lost year like the one they had in 2007 when they didn't have Mike Vick, Matt Ryan wasn't there yet, and it was just a big mess for the Falcons. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you, Mike, and it, it certainly makes sense. I, I look at Atlanta for like this, Mike. I look at them and go, Malik Willis at eight? I, I, I certainly think about it. I do. I look at it and go, man, they need some players on their team. You know, I, I put you know a, a defensive tackle from Georgia there. they got to start building something. But, you know, I could go to back to the conversation with the quarterbacks. I could see – Okay, maybe there's a Malik Willis at eight. He makes sense for what the, the style of football they want to play. If they don't take him at eight, of course, I expect him to be off the board by the next time they pick, you know, in the second round, which I believe is pick. Let me just make sure I got this right. 43. If they don't take Willis at eight, I think there'll be a player for Corral at the end of the first or early second and get him. Both of those guys, to me, fit what Arthur Smith wants to do. It's like what you saw, and you brought up Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Well, what did they do? Run the ball, and then fake run the ball, sit back there, and we're looking to strike down the field. We want Hollywood Brown. I mean, we want uh, A.J. Brown, 40-yard post corner. We want a post 50 yards down the field. We want this guy crossing the field 25 yards down the field. And to me, that's where Malik Willis and Matt Corral, they're made to play football like that. That's all Corral did in college. He's, he's, he can flick it and throw lasers all over the field and make people miss back there off play action all day long, and so can Malik Willis. So I could see those guys really being, you know, the, 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 the fancy, the, the guy, the quarterbacks that, that catch the eye of the Atlanta Falcons uh, over a guy like Kenny Pickett, that's for sure. Well, it's going to be something to watch. All the teams that tried to get Deshaun Watson and failed, the three finalists, the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Saints, all from the same division. Those are teams to watch. The Steelers are a team to watch. Even though the quarterback position isn't like it was last year, we're right out of the gates, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. It's still going to hover over round one. The yeah. over-under at points bets, two and a half quarterbacks in the round. I'm probably at two. I think your mock draft is at two. It is. We're going to go over that coming up in a little bit. Before yeah. we do that, though, report yesterday from Ian Rappaport of NFL Media that the Panthers won't trade for Baker Mayfield before the first round of the draft. And that that answers the question of whether or not this interest in Mayfield was driven by the fact that the Panthers just decided, you know what, we don't like any of these rookies. We're going to go get somebody else instead. It sounds like they want to see how round one plays out and whether or not they get a guy. And I could actually see them trying to trade back from six and taking a quarterback later in the round. Maybe that works. We've seen teams work that magic in the past where they they wait a little while and then they get the guy they want. The Ravens most recently, they didn't take Lamar Jackson with the pick they had in round one. The owner was pushing them to do it. They ended up trading back into number 32 and getting Lamar Jackson at the yeah, end of the round. So right. maybe the Panthers will play that game a little bit. And then right. if it doesn't work out, they pivot back to Baker Mayfield, if at all. But, you know, if they don't get a quarterback in round one and they're intent on upgrading, it's Mayfield or Garoppolo. It's not like there's anybody else out there. No, no, you're right. It, it seems like that, that's going to be the options. And, yeah, 
You know, I, I would look at them. I, I think there's a few teams probably in the, the top six, seven picks that looking they wouldn't mind trading down a little bit in this draft. But again, it's a draft that doesn't necessarily have the superstars as usual to get people to trade up. But you know, you bring up Baltimore. Hey, that's what all these teams are doing right now. You know, Baltimore was brilliant in that draft. They read the room the right way. They read the draft the right way. They know, oh, wait, we can keep trading down. We don't, none of these teams are going to take Lamar. Oh, wait, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. we kind of know we got a feel for how these teams are going to do. We're going to trade down a little farther. And then all of a sudden they were there at 32 and they're like, okay, we'll do it. I mean, yes, uh, Carolina, that's what all these teams are doing right now. They're all going through the possible ways the draft can fall and wait what are the different possibilities of players that could be here at this point and all of that? That's what every organization in the sport's doing right now, and that's where it's going to be an interesting one uh, just as far as this draft's concerned. Let's go ahead and take a break. We mentioned the Chris Sims mock draft. He released it yesterday, and we are going to delve into his projections when PFT Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 